I don't wanna be just someone that's new. I speak my mind so free, so you could hear the truth. Yeah, no. Hey guys, welcome back to the Truth For Youth podcast with Micah Murphy. We are going to continue our series on cults and world religions. And I know it is almost Easter and it would make sense for us to do one on Christianity, but we are not. Uh, it just didn't fall right. So I want to continue going over some other cults and world religions, before we get to Christianity, I want Christianity to be the finale. So we are going to do a couple more. Um, today we're going to continue. We're going to talk about Islam, and then we'll have another one, and that may be it, and then we may jump into Christianity, but wish you all a happy Easter anyways, and I uh, hope you're able to get to some type of service and worship uh, Jesus this coming weekend. But before we get to that, guys, let me just thank you for uh, supporting the podcast. I thank you for listening. I thank you for those that are maybe sharing it or leaving reviews. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. That helps this podcast grow. And that's what the purpose of this podcast is, right? It's not for me just to listen to myself talk. It is for others to get some good biblical truth. Um, I believe anybody can benefit from this. Yes, I'm, I'm doing this for students, for teenagers, but I also want parents, I want other adults to listen and uh, pass it along. So let's hop back into our series. And again, we're going to talk about Islam today. Now, Islam, again, here's my disclaimer, my weekly disclaimer with this series. Religions are complicated, okay? Islam is complicated. It is a lot more detailed than just this 20, 25-minute podcast, okay? So if you want to know more about the religion, I encourage you to go and research and find out for yourself. Go to some good, valid sources and find out more. And these, these topics that we hit today, remember, I'm just hitting the highlights. I'm hitting some of the major beliefs. And then obviously a couple of the things that I want to hit every week when I do these religions are what are the key beliefs, you know, who's the founder, kind of where did it originate, um, and then what happens in the end, right? What do they believe about death and the afterlife? I think those are questions that I know they're important to me, and I assume they're important to others as well. All right, so Islam, let's get into it. Before we kind of get into the, the, the history of it, guys, it's huge. It is a fast-growing religion. Approximately 25% of the world's population claim to be Islam. Um, that, that's a lot. Christianity has just a little bit more as far as, I guess, surveys go, but Islam is, is close on its heels. And the word Islam itself means submission to God. And so a Muslim just means a follower of God or a, someone who has submitted to God. So who was the founder? You've probably heard the name Muhammad. That is the guy. That is the founder of, of Islam. So Muhammad lived around 570 to 632 AD. Uh, he was born into a prominent family in Mecca, Arabia. Um, Mecca had many religious shrines at the time. It was kind of like this hub for various religious rituals and kind of gatherings. And so the story kind of goes that uh, Muhammad was a pretty religious dude, and he didn't like what he was seeing because some of these religions were 
polytheistic, meaning they believed in, in multiple gods. And so some of their rituals were pretty, pretty crazy. You know, some of the partying and the celebrations and the things that were going on just was not uh, what he felt was something that God would like or would honor. And uh, so a lot of times he would kind of escape during these these rituals or these celebrations or these festivals that were constantly occurring, and he would go off and just spend time in prayer. Well, when he was around 40 years old in the year 610, he claims that the angel Gabriel came and actually spoke to him and revealed um, a message from God. So... He believes that, that God was saying, look, a lot of what uh, has been taught in, in the Old Testament and Scripture and, and stuff is correct to some extent, but it's not exactly accurate. There's been a little bit of, of uh, some variations or some you know, exaggerations or some, some missing links, but I'm here to tell you, again, this is coming from Gabriel, but I'm here to tell you, I'm about to give you the true religion, right? The, the truth behind who God is and what he wants. So he now claims that he is uh, an official messenger from God. And so during this time, he begins to get these revelations from God. So a couple of the things that God told him was that there is only one God, that he is the God, the God, no other gods, and that... Um, yes, some of the prophets and stuff that came before uh, were, were accurate, but there was just some missing stuff. And so he begins to get these revelations. We're going to talk a little bit more about those as we kind of get into it when we talk about the key beliefs. But that is the basis. So 610, the year 610, through this guy named Muhammad who claims that Gabriel spoke to him and says, you are now the messenger and you're going to be the last messenger. You're it. Okay, so everything that I'm telling you is, is the truth, I guess, and, and nothing else. So let's get into kind of some of these, these key beliefs. All right, so what Muhammad kind of claimed, um, he began telling that to everybody, right? So once he, he got these, uh, these revelations, which he wrote down in what is now the Quran, okay? So when you hear that the holy book of Islam, which is the Quran, that is what it was. It was the revelation that Gabriel gave to Muhammad. So he begins sharing this with people. Well, of course, that didn't sit good with people. Um, so apparently some fighting and some wars broke out, and they fled um, to a city called Medina. And I think in the beginning, they just didn't fight back. They believed that God didn't want them to fight, but then later they changed their mind, and uh, then they decided it was okay to fight back, and so then they began fighting back, and some wars broke out, but we're not going to get into all that part. So what happens when Muhammad dies in the year 632, Islam begins to have some changes. So now there becomes this argument as to, I guess, who the lineage is supposed to go to, like who the leader is now going to be, and two groups emerge. One is called the Sunni, and the other, um, well, the Sunni is actually the largest of the two, okay? So it was approximately 85% of, of today's Muslims would identify with the Sunni. Um, and the other one is the Shi'i, 
Um, that's the smaller of the group. So maybe only about 15% of the world's population um, are, are linked to that. And that's because of who they believe should be the, the leader or the lineage went through. And as far as their, their main beliefs, I guess there's a little bit, but honestly, I don't know exactly all the details. So if you're interested in that, look that one up. All right, so their number one belief is that there is one God. I just mentioned that a second ago, and they call him Allah. Now, you've probably heard that if you've heard much about Islam or Muslims. You've heard that word Allah, Allah, right? Well, that's just the Arabic word for God. Um, so it's the one, the one God, and very similar to Christianity, they believe that God created um, the world, that he he was not created himself, that he's always been in existence, and that he created the world, the earth, whatever, in six days. And he created man, he created Adam and Eve. So those are all very similar to Christianity beliefs. Um, one of the, the next major belief is they believe in the divine books and the prophets. Okay, so I mentioned the Quran. Okay, so that's one of the keys, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it. But um, the, the two main books... Uh, are their divine books, okay? That's what they live by. That's what they believe. And then the prophets. So it's interesting because they do claim that the prophets of Christianity and Judaism, again, going back to Old Testament, they believe that those guys were legit. They believe they were from God, that they were preaching God's message, that they were trying to turn the world to God, the one true God. So all that's good. Uh, then when you get to the New Testament, well, they don't really buy into the New Testament. However, they do believe Jesus was one of God's prophets, which is, which is going to be very interesting. And we're going to talk a little bit about that again um, in just a little bit. And then I'm going to hit on that even more when we get to Christianity in a couple weeks. All right, third major belief. Uh, even though the other prophets in the scriptures are accepted by Islam, they, are believed, they believe that Muhammad is the final prophet, the supreme prophet, the, the prophet that trumps them all, which means whatever he said, whatever he did and believed, that is the king, all right? That trumps everything of the Old Testament. That trumps the old prophets of, of Abraham and Moses and all those guys, okay? So Muhammad is superior and his sayings are superior to everything else in the Bible. So they don't really use the Bible, although they don't discount it, I guess, but they don't really use it because they believe the Quran is superior to it. All right, next major belief. They do believe that there is an end time, that God has set a final date and that the end of the world will happen, will come about when God brings it about, and nobody really knows that. So that's, that's very similar to Christianity as well. However, the way they believe the end occurs, and again, I, I know it's very similar to Christians in that not everybody agrees exactly like this is the way it's going to be. There is some, you know, a little bit of different beliefs in there. So if, if I'm not, you know, speaking what every Muslim believes, just know it's kind of like Christianity when you talk about the end times. There's, there's a few different tweaks and beliefs on how that happens. But for the most part, they believe that in the end that all the dead that have ever lived will be raised, okay, will be resurrected, 
and kind of be brought before judgment. And they are going to go across this bridge from, I guess, current earth or present existence across hell and into heaven. So there's this big bridge, okay? And how that bridge looks and feels and developed and how easily it is to get across all is based on how you lived, okay? Did you live a good life? Were you a good moral person? Did you do a lot of good deeds, okay? Did your good outweigh the bad? That ultimately is what's going to get you into heaven if you have more good than bad. So I guess it's kind of like the scales, right? So if you have done lots of good deeds and you've been a really good person, a good human being that has loved God and, and you've helped humanity basically, then your bridge is straight, it's wide, it's very easy to cross. However, if, you're, if your uh, life has been full of sin and evil and wrongdoing and just bad and wickedness, your bridge is going to be very difficult, pretty much impossible to cross, okay? It's like, it's, you know, as thin as a razor, okay? Like super thin and maybe difficult, windy, uphill. I don't know. It's just crazy enough that you will not be able to, to, crawl, to, to get across and you're going to fall into the pits of hell, okay? So they do believe in a hell. They do believe in a heaven. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about how that uh, how that kind of works its way out um, in the end. But that is um, kind of what they believe. Now, the next big belief is the Quran, which we kind of briefly talked about a second ago. So besides the fact that the Quran trumps everything, okay, it is approximately a 600-page manual, and really there's no, well, I guess there is a rhyme and reason to how it's organized, but it doesn't just, you can't just open it and read straight through it, and it makes a lot of fluid sense. It's actually organized based on the length of the passages. So it, I think it goes longest to shortest or shortest to longest. I don't remember exactly which one. So it's all based on the length of the revelation. So I, I never read it, but I can imagine it's all jumbled up, but you can't just go, oh, I want to look at the topic of, you know, whatever, of, of death and go in there, which you know, the Bibles, you can't really go topical either necessarily, but at least it flows through a story and timeline in a lot of ways. But anyways, the Quran is, is not like that. So I mentioned that there was two, okay? So you have the Quran, and that's, again, the revelations that were given to Muhammad straight from God through the, through the uh, angel Gabriel, okay? That's, that's what they say. And then there's a second book called the Hadith or Hadith, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that. And that is a book that was later written about Muhammad's life, how he lived, what he did, what he believed. And it's interesting because some of his beliefs, um, I don't want to say they're contrary to the Quran, but the Quran is, can be very general, and maybe some of it's not super specific. So, what people started writing about Muhammad were his specific beliefs. So what they'll do is they'll take the, the Hadith or Hadith and they'll kind of group it together with the Quran to kind of try to figure out the best way to live as a Muslim. Um, so that's kind of where 
you know, where the Muslims get exactly how to live, how to behave, how to live a better Muslim life, how to be a better Muslim in general. All right. Now, um, so let's look at the five big pillars of Islam. Okay, so these are the five main things. If you're going to be a Muslim, um, this is what you, you really need to do. This is kind of how you practice it. Number one, you have to kind of use the creed or obey, obey the creed or recite the creed, okay, or adhere to the creed. And that creed is, we've said it before, that there is one God and Muhammad is the messenger of God. So I think if you basically say, say that or believe that, then you're basically a Muslim, okay? That's, that's the number one. That's the big daddy. There is one God and Muhammad is his messenger, okay, is the main messenger of God. All right, the second big pillar of Islam is daily prayers, okay? They are to pray every single day, and not just every single day, but five times a day. They're to stop what they're doing at these certain times, and they are to uh, bow. Um, well, I guess they don't necessarily have to bow, but it's kind of like a ritual. They may stand, they may kneel, then they may bow. Um, they kind of go through through various positions, I guess, but they are always facing the direction of where Mecca is. So they always know which direction is Mecca facing, where they are, and they'll face that direction, and then they'll bow down five times uh, throughout the day and do their daily prayer. All right, the third big pillar is almsgiving. They have, um, it's kind of like a, a wealthy tax or a charitable tax. It's where the wealthy must give to the poor. All right, so it's kind of a this annual charitable tax that comes out to be approximately 2.5% of your net worth or your current net worth. Um, so if, of that year, if your net worth is, you know, whatever, then you would say, okay, well, I'm taking 2.5% of that and I'm giving that to a charity, to the poor, to help some others. All right, the fourth one is fasting during their holy month of Ramadan. So they'll fast for the entire month, but they're doing it during the hours of dawn to sunset. Uh, and during that time, they're, they're fasting from pretty much everything. It's, it's no food, no water, no, no smoking, drugs, obviously, none of that. So you're pretty much giving up everything during that month. Um, I think they do have some... Um, some outs if for whatever reason you know you have medical issues or something then you don't necessarily have to do that but if you're able and capable then then that's what you're doing during that month all right the fifth big pillar is the pilgrimage to mecca um, so at least once in your lifetime you're required to go to mecca to visit the the holy city right now, again, I think there's also that out that if for whatever reason you just cannot physically ever be able to do that or maybe financially, then then it's not a, a huge deal, right? It's just if you can, go for it. So those are traditionally the five big ones. Now, there is a sixth one that you kind of hear about some, and I'm going to throw it in there because I think it's pretty important, and that is the jihad, Um which is like their holy war, okay? So, again, I know there's, there's different perspectives on this based on, you know, maybe different Muslim beliefs or different branches of, of, of Islam, but for the most part, fighting, it's, 
it's basically fighting against non-Muslim combatants. Okay, so if if there's anybody that is oppressing Muslims, then it then basically it's okay to have this declaration of war against them, to fight against them, um, or if there's like maybe people have committed crimes or evil, uh, people that have left Islam are seen as you know basically these heretics that. Um, uh, you know, and infidels that, that need to be basically fought. Um, Christianity, that's one that's kind of debated by some. Some say, oh, well, you know, Christianities believe very closely to what we believe, so, you know, they're kind of next to kin to us. But then there's also a large majority that say, no, no, no. Because Christians believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and then God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So they say we are polytheistic, meaning we believe in multiple gods, which is a major no-no to Islam. So Muslims will say that we're infidels and that therefore we need to be um, fought against or that we're seen as evil. So again, I guess it depends on which Muslim or which belief take, but that is what some at least believe. All right, so what about the end times? Um, what about judgment? Um, actually, before I get to judgment, let me go back to, to Jesus because I think that's a big one. So what do they really believe about Jesus? As I mentioned before, so they, they're okay with the prophets of the Old Testament. And they even say, yeah, Jesus, yeah, he's a prophet of God. Now, I remember I was talking one time to a, to a Muslim. I was witnessing to them, and I started sharing to him about Jesus. And, and the guy just kept saying, yeah, yeah, we love Jesus. We love Jesus. Use the word loved, like we love Jesus. And I was thinking, what? How? And at that time, I didn't understand Islam enough to be able to really have an a intellectual conversation or debate with him. So I was kind of confused. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I didn't think y'all believed in, in Jesus. So let me tell you what they do believe in Jesus because that can be confusing. They don't believe the same Jesus that Christians believe. All right. So what, the, what Islam says about Jesus is, yes, he is um, the son of God. And yes, he was born to the Virgin Mary. However, he was not conceived by the Holy Spirit, it was by the angel Gabriel, and that he was actually 100% human, all right? And that, yes, he lived this sinless life. Um, They don't necessarily believe that he was crucified. I think they think that it was Judas that was crucified instead. That one may be a little bit debatable what they do believe or some believes, but they believe he performed miracles. They believe that he, he preached about God and getting people back to God. Um, but again, the biggest thing that's different than Christians is they think he was fully man. All right. Christians say that he was 100% man, but he was also 100% God. All right. And obviously the biggest one for Christians is they believe that he really was the Savior, the Messiah, whereas Islam says no, and that Jesus did die on the cross by crucifixion and was raised from the dead and conquered death and conquered sin and said, you know, that he was the only way. 
All right, so that is, that's what Christians believe, and that is not the same Jesus that Muslims believe in. All right, now, so let's get on to judgment. We're going to kind of wrap things up here with the judgment in the end times. So as I mentioned about the whole bridge thing, right? So if you fall off the bridge, where do you end up? Well, you end up in hell. You end up in the fire. What is hell like? Hell is a very bad place. It is a place of torment. It is a place of agony. It is a place of pure misery. All right? Can you get out of it? Is it eternal? It's kind of debated by, uh, by some Muslims. I think the majority say you can work your way out of that because God loves everyone and God wants everyone to be with him in heaven so you maybe you just spend a time there. Maybe you do your punishment, or maybe once you become, you know, repentant of your sin or acknowledge it, that's not real specific in um, in the Muslim or in the Islam faith. So I'm not 100% sure, but they believe at some point you may can work your way out of that and get to heaven. So what does heaven look like for them? Well, it's paradise. It is it is a beautiful garden where. Um, again, again, it's kind of debated, but some say you have maybe thousands of wives that maybe your wife or, or your, your faithful wife that was here on earth is there serving alongside you in heaven. Um, again, I think Muhammad was really preaching that it's a very male oriented heaven where you enjoy just this perpetual, uh, endless, you know, uh, supply of virgins in paradise, okay? Again, I think that may be debated, but I'm pretty sure that was that was Muhammad. That's what he preached. That's what he said would, would be. And since he's their founder, he's their main guy, I would think the majority would go along with that. So again, guys, that's the, that's the big ones, okay? That's the key beliefs. That's what they believe. Um, dig more into it if you want to know more. I hope you found a little bit of value. I hope this brought a little bit more insight into Islam. And maybe you have a little bit more uh, understanding so that if you do get into a conversation with a Muslim, that maybe you can hold an uh, intellectual conversation with them and possibly a debate on, uh, on different beliefs. So thanks, so thanks again, guys, and we will catch you in the next week's episode. Until then, have a great week and have a most blessed Easter. Eat lots of good candy. All right. Bye-bye. I don't want to be just someone that's new. I speak my mind so free so you could hear the truth. Yeah, no.